Welcome to Community Bridge, a family radio program designed to help you stay informed about matters affecting your community. As Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Join us as we explore opportunities to do good in our communities. Here now is the host of Community Bridge, Jenny Burkheiser. Hello, family radio friends. I'm Jenny Burkheiser, and so glad you joined us for this weekend's edition of Community Bridge to talk with us about caring for orphans and foster children in the U.S. is Jed Medifund, president of Christian Alliance for Orphans based in Virginia. Welcome to Community Bridge, Jed. It's really our privilege to have you as a guest this Saturday. Mm, Thank you, Jenny. I'm so glad to be with you. Oh, yes. And uh, Jed, just a, a interesting tidbit about you that I learned before this interview is I understand that you are familiar with the workings of government, especially because you were involved um, in the White House under President Bush, George W. Bush, um, when it came to the Office of Faith-Based and Community Initiatives. So that's really neat how God has placed you in this specific organization, the Christian Alliance for Orphans, for such a time as this. And so if you could talk with us, Jed, a little bit about about uh, that transition and more about Christian Alliance for Orphans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I did love working for President Bush. Uh, he was, um, you know, whatever critique that you could make of him, he was a man of integrity. He was the same individual um, in behind closed doors that he was in front of the cameras. And uh, I can tell you that he, he really, really did care deeply and personally about the vulnerable and the hurting, whether recovering addicts that were trying to, to kick a bad habit and make a fresh start with their family, returning prisoners, uh, people, uh, you know, orphans, children, kids in foster care, uh, you know, when when the doors were shut and he was talking about those things, he was passionate about them. And when if we had meetings with young people, for instance, you just see him light up even brighter than when he was with other world leaders or things. So that was a privilege. And I love learning from all the other people I was serving with and being part of that. Um, but I consider my, my current work at least as big of a privilege as well, because, you know, I'm not serving the president of the United States, but I'm getting to serve God's church. And that's really the vision of the Christian Alliance for Orphans to help God's people be his answer for kids in foster care here in the U.S. and for orphans around the world. And we we believe that's God's call to 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 the church to live that pure religion that James talks about, um, but that often we need help in that journey to understand how to do that wisely and well, to do it effectively, how to help children heal from hurting. And so uh, to get to be a part of that work is a great, great joy as well. Well, that's awesome, Judge, just to hear how God worked in your life in different positions. And now you are very involved with Christian Alliance for Orphans. Uh, you told us about the purpose of Christian Alliance for Orphans, but how did this organization get started? Yeah. Well, you know, back in 2004, a number of Christian leaders came together, and, and really what they expressed is, you know, caring for orphans is something that has defined the church at its best all throughout history. Um, I mean, you look back to the, the time of, of the Roman Empire, and Christians at that time, even though they were a small and persecuted minority, 
earned a reputation as a people who would go outside cities to find children that had been abandoned. Uh, often infants were, were what was called exposed, just left there for the wind and the rain and the wild animals uh, by 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 Romans if the, the the child was unwanted and and Christians would go outside the cities to find these children to take them home and often raise them as their own this is something that's part of the DNA of the church um, but but these leaders in 2004 said hey this is something that we want the church to be really known for again definitively and so they really pledged together the phrase was great it's let's leave our logos and egos at the door and join in a vision that's larger than any of us could achieve alone. So that's that's really the heart of of CAFOs, all these organizations that really could be competitors with each other in ministry, which you know all too often you see that in the in the ministry or the nonprofit sector, ministries competing with each other, working in isolation. Here they're coming together and joining in certain shared initiatives that, that help inspire the church to care for orphans as well as foster youth here in the US, but also equipping individual believers and churches to, to do that work well. So um, you know, there's all kinds of different initiatives, some of which work with individual churches, some work with networks of churches, some that actually work with government and help government partner with churches to serve kids in foster care and for adoption and those things. But, uh, but ultimately, it's all just an expression of God's call to care for the orphan in distress. Let's talk about the problem here in the United States of uh, children in foster care in the foster care system. Just what kind of issue is this? Yeah. Well, currently there's about 450,000 children that are in foster care. So what that means is that they have been removed from their families because the government uh, determined that it was unsafe for them to remain there. Maybe there was abuse or uh, serious forms of neglect or, or other serious issues. And so it's through no fault of these, these kids that it's actually, you know, because the people who are there to love and protect them who were, who had that responsibility were not able to. And so the government removed them and they're currently wards of the state and they need care and love because government can't do that, right? Government can remove them. Government in some level can protect them from, from being harmed further, but government can't love and care for them. And so that's where the church comes in. Um, and even though 450,000 is a large number, there's, there's just about 300,000 churches in the United States. And so really, even as often we say, if each church just was willing to welcome one child from foster care, and, and whether through adoption, fostering, um, or supporting biological families that are trying to reunify, uh, there really would be more than enough loving homes for every child in foster care to, to experience the love and welcome they, they need. Really, just think of that. If every church in the United States offered that support or offered a home to a child, that would eliminate a lot of the issue. Of course, we know it's complex, but how does Christian Alliance for Orphans or CAFO help orphans and foster youths in practical ways? Yeah. Well, so, you know, we have um, more than 190 organizations that have joined together through CAFO. So some of the work we do is uh, each each organization works, you know, independently as well. So many of them are foster agencies that are recruiting foster families, supporting those families, placing children in loving homes and or their adoption agencies. Others are uh, mentoring groups that that uh, match children with mentors. And so there's lots of different expressions of this. But then 
together, we join in certain shared initiatives. Um, each year we have an annual gathering where people from all over the U.S. and, and increasingly all over the world actually come to learn how to do this wisely and well, understanding the latest research on child uh, brain development, healing, attachment, nutrition, all of those things. Um, we also really try to raise the standards in the field because, you know, a lot of times Christian ministries are, are, are just motivated by, by great love, but of course they're just overwhelmed by the need. They're doing the best they can and they don't necessarily have the capacity to learn from the very best available research and, and knowledge. So we're helping to, to improve the, really the whole field of Christian care for, for orphans around the world, as well as foster youth in the U.S. And then, then of course, we do advocacy as well. We're uh, you know, continually speaking about these issues, raising them in articles and uh, social media and uh, in speaking forums to really, really call the church to what, what we believe is just one important reflection of, of God's great heart, which is to, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. And speaking of the scripture and how that ties into the church's role in helping orphans and widows, touch on, you know, the the rich variety of scriptures that are out there that do talk about God's care for the plight of orphaned and vulnerable children, and perhaps how we as believers, as his people, should reflect God's love to them. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, of course, when you ask the question, why have Christians all throughout history placed such a, a special focus on caring for orphans? Why, why has that been a defining trait of Christians? You know, certainly part of that is there's a clear mandate in Scripture. So you see it uh, in a place like Isaiah where it says, you know, defend the cause of the fatherless, or, or that word could also be translated orphan, where God is directly calling his people, step up and defend and protect and care for these children. Um, but I think it's really important to notice that even more than a mandate, just a command, hey, you need to do this, um, what, what this ultimately is, is it's a revealing of God's character. So you look back at the very beginning of Scripture, back, back in Deuteronomy, and it actually describes God as that he is a father to the fatherless. Or in Psalm 68, 5 and 6, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. He sets the lonely in families. And so what we ultimately come to understand is that this is just God's character. It's who he is. And, um, and so when Christians choose to, to care for orphans, whether that's through fostering or adopting or, or other ways, we're, we're just giving a little reflection of God's love. And, mm. and you know, Jenny, what, what I think is most important of all ultimately is that this, you know, this reflection of God's love, it's not just his love for the orphan. It's his love for, for every single one of us, because that is ultimately the gospel story, right? That yes. is the story of God, you know, coming outside the city walls to wherever we were destitute and alone and rescuing us, wrapping us in his arms, taking us home with him, calling us his sons and daughters, making us full heirs with Jesus Christ. So that's our story. So when Christians love the orphan, we're just giving a small reflection of the way that we have first been loved. Historically, as you said, the church did actively help orphans and widows. But what about today? Are Christians heeding the call to care for the orphan? Yeah, well, you know, the exciting thing is that the answer to that is is a definitive yes. Um, And, you know, of course, I would say all throughout history, some Christians have have been doing this. I mean, even in times where perhaps the church was feeble, there there were faithful believers, um, you know, holding fast to the gospel. And one expression of that was caring for orphans and widows in their in their area. 
Um, but I, I really think that we're seeing a dramatic resurgence of that heart today. Um, you know, one of the best parts of my work through the Christian Alliance for Orphans is traveling around the U.S., spending time uh, with Christian leaders, with Christian churches, big churches, mega churches, small churches, you know, house churches, where, where they are saying something very similar, where they're saying, you know, we want to live that pure religion that, that James describes. We want to be known for this. We want to uh, step up for the kids in the local foster system in the name of Jesus. We want to care for orphans and support work around the world with struggling families. Um, and, and so um, it really, to me, is, is a reawakening of an ancient role that the church has always had at its best, but today being re-earned. Um, as, as I see churches, for instance, in a place like Arkansas, there's a, there's a network of churches called The Call, and roughly half of all the foster families in the system came into the, the, the foster system caring for kids there through The Call. In Oklahoma, with what's what's called the um, 111, and in in South Florida, four kids of South Florida, in Washington D.C. and Colorado, you've got something called Project 127. In Arizona, it's also called Project 127, and I there's many others I could mention as well. But but you know each one is a little different. But but ultimately, they are people who are motivated by the gospel, by the way they have been loved, to go and do likewise, to go out and welcome children into their homes, into their lives and families, and sometimes in permanent ways through adoption, but, but just as often in temporary ways, knowing that this child ultimately will, will return to a biological family and praying for that family's success, but temper, loving that child while, while they're in the home with them. And it's, it's just a beautiful reflection of, I think, what, what our Father is all about. Well, Judd, there is so much more to this that we haven't talked about yet. But for that listener that is tuning in right now, would like to learn more about Christian Alliance for Orphans and what he or she may be able to do to respond with God's love, how can they learn more? Yeah, well, I would certainly invite them to our website, CAFO.org, CAFO. Org, like Christian Alliance for Orphans.org. And of course, there's a whole host of resources there, depending on where you're coming from. If you're an individual that's thinking about adopting, for instance, there's many adoption agencies. If you're wanting to get involved with foster care, there's a whole section um, on, on that. But also, if you're a person at a church that wants to help your church get involved and be, for instance, uh, have a a support ministry for foster and adoptive families, which is tremendously important. Maybe we can talk about that a little later, Jenny, but, uh, yes. you know, these are all things, there's lots of different ways to serve and, uh, and there are pathways into that, that uh, hopefully, you know, we can, we can help with that. And then if there's other organizations to connect a person to when they want to, you know, begin serving in, in deep and personal ways, we can help them with that as well. Wonderful. We're speaking with Jed Medifend, president of Christian Alliance for Orphans based in Virginia today on Community Bridge. And if you'd like to learn more about responding to God's call to his people to reflect his special love for these children, you can go to CAFO.org. That stands for Christian Alliance for Orphans, CAFO.org. You are listening to Community Bridge. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of Family Radio, its staff, or management. If you are aware of a need, interest, or concern in your area, please call us toll-free at 1-800-543-1495. Family Radio, proclaiming the comfort, hope, and joy found only in Jesus. Support the ministry at familyradio.org so others can hear the word.
I'm Jenny Burkheiser, and you're tuned into Community Bridge this weekend on Family Radio. We've been speaking with Jed Medifund, president of the Christian Alliance for Orphans that's based in Virginia. We've spoken about what scripture calls the believer to do in response to orphaned and vulnerable children. You mentioned, Jed, that uh, the Christian Alliance for Orphans, or CAFO, does also specifically focus on foster care. I understand you have a national foster care initiative. Tell us more. Well, you know, what we have realized is that as, as much as the, the number of foster care, uh, kids in foster care, you know, feels very daunting, about 450,000, um, there, there are more than 300,000 churches in the U.S. And, and really, um, we can get to a point where there are more than enough loving families for every child in foster care. And, uh, and I would include in that you know, adoptive families, because about one quarter of the kids in foster care need adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also would include foster care. That means loving, welcoming home for a child that can, that can make a lifelong distance for a child by caring for them temporarily until their biological family can get back on their feet. And, and, and then the third category would be restored biological families, because, you know, as Christians, we, are, we, we believe in a God who gives second chances and is a God of, of rec- reconciliation and restoration. And so when, when Christians can play a role in encouraging and supporting biological parents in getting back on their feet, making good choices so they can receive their, their children home, that is a huge victory as well, and, and we, we seek that. And so um, really, when we're talking about more than enough, that vision includes all of those things, and um, and we are we are working towards the day. Our goal is that by 2025, there would be more than enough loving families for every child in foster care, and uh, and it is not one of those kind of uh, impossible dreams. It is one of those things that if God's people step up in in humble but simple ways, um, it really that that we can be there by 2025. Wow. Just imagine those 450,000 children in need of either adoption or foster care or being able to be restored to their biological families, that that would happen by 2025 uh, would just, I think, really glorify the Lord. So let's talk about how our listener can be a part of this, because I think many of us want to be used by the Lord and want to witness and, and share Christ with others, but especially with those vulnerable children in need, how can we get involved? Can we join your alliance? Yes, well, we would certainly welcome that. Um, you know, there actually a person could become an individual member of CAFO. So, so most of our members are organizations. There's about 190 organizations, but there's actually hundreds of churches, uh, more than 700 churches nationwide that have kind of raised their hand and said, we want that to be part of our DNA too. And so that's, that's free, but it's just something identifying as part of this community. And then individuals can do that. And of course, we certainly welcome financial support. Um, but I would really emphasize, you know, the way that this vision, the rubber meets the road, is those tangible acts of love in the local community as well. Um, so as much as we're really seeking to organize a united vision for the church nationally, you know, it ultimately comes down to those individual choices locally. And so, you know, if this is something that God's stirring in your heart, um, you know, perhaps it might include looking into adoption or foster care. And if that were the case, you know, I'd encourage you 
to start by talking with someone you know. If there's someone in your church, a neighbor, someone uh, in, in your region who has walked that road, to, to begin just praying about it and, and asking some good questions. Um, but Jenny, I would also emphasize this, um, you know, that not everyone is called to adopt or foster any more than everyone would be called to, to be a pastor or to serve in another country or be a fireman or, or those things. Right. Um, not everyone is called to those unique roles, but every one of us can play a part in this, what James calls the true religion, you know, of caring for orphans and widows in their distress. And I'll, I'll tell a little story to illustrate that. My wife and I um, got a call one day from our foster agency, and they said, we've got a, a newborn baby that needs a home. He was born uh, eight weeks prematurely um, and had some had medical complications. And they asked if we would take this little guy. We, we had not been planning on this, um, but we said, you know, absolutely. We, we, we were excited about that. But we, our youngest child of the time was uh, four years old. And so we had gotten long since rid of, you know, all of our diapers and strollers and, mm-hmm. and all of those things, baby clothes. <laughs> right. And so we were excited about this little guy coming to live with us. But, but that afternoon, it felt like chaos and we did not have the things we needed. Well, people in our church found out about this and began showing up at our house with, you know, bags of preemie clothes, those little teensy tiny onesies, you know, that that, uh, can fit that that baby so cute (laughs) and and little tiny, you know, preemie diapers and car seat for a little tiny baby and meals. They bought two different meals that night. And over the months to come, people from church continued to bring meals. And I'll tell you, Jenny, it was not just the practical help because it was practical. We needed that. But even better was feeling that the church was in it with us, that we had some people walking the road. We were not alone. Even when things got, you know, there were moments that were really difficult and dealing with the foster system were challenging. There were there were other complications, and yet we knew we were not alone and that others were praying for us and others were helping us in practical ways. And so I would really emphasize, you know, anyone, even those who, who don't feel like they could foster or adopt right now can come alongside a foster or adoptive family or a biological family for that matter that's that's in a struggling place but to do just tangible things acts of service bringing meals running errands uh helping with babysitting is huge um and other things like that everyone can play a part in this vision what great ideas for our listeners can you address just the concerns that people of faith that christians may have about taking that step that big step maybe to foster or adopt, you know, what are some of the challenges that they may be facing so that they are aware of the Mm -hmm. need for support? I would really emphasize two things in particular. Um, One would be uh, the, the foster system itself is very difficult to deal with. You know, it's a broken government system. It can be bureaucratic. Um, Social workers are almost all very caring people, but for many, they are just bruised by the intensity of their work and the hurt that they see every day. And so they, you know, they can be grumpy, just like all of us, if we were to experience what they experience. And and so just, there's all kinds of frictions. Um, I know, you know, for our family, um, we, we have five other children, um, both through adoption and, and biological. And, and so with five kids, to when you are caring for a child in the foster system, there are certain appointments you need to be at at certain times. Sometimes those things can change at the last minute. Um, and so your life kind of what, what may have been, you know, a semi-smoothly functioning machine, or at least relatively so, right. uh, suddenly <laughs> gets thrown off the tracks. And sure. so you're, you're saying, I, I'm accepting a measure of, you know, inconvenience and things not working the way I planned. 
because that's part of loving this this precious child. And so that that would be one is the system, dealing with the system, knowing that that's going to be hard. And then second, knowing that when a child has experienced hurt, experienced that hurt, and you open the doors of your heart wide and you open the doors of your home to welcome this child, then you're going to be welcoming in some of their hurt as well. And, and you'll share in some of that hurt with them. It's, um, it's just like Jesus came and shared in our hurt with us. Um, we are sharing in the hurt of these children. And, uh, you know, one piece of that is, is saying goodbye to a foster child when they return to their biological family. That's, that's really hard. I, yes. I know I can tell you there were a lot of tears in our home uh, when, when that little guy that I mentioned earlier returned to his biological mother. It was something we were praying for and cheering for. And my wife was actually um, really seeking to encourage and mentor that young mom. Um, but it's still, uh, you know, our hearts were aching over that. And so, you know, when, when we choose to walk this road, we are opening ourselves to hurt in the same, in a very small and humble way, but in a, in a, in a way that mirrors the way that God opened himself to hurt on our behalf as well. And so there's, there's a pain in that, but I'll, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a certain joy in that. I think it's what Paul said when he, when he talked about the fellowship of sharing in Christ's sufferings in a very small way, we get to share a little taste of, of pain that he went through um, to draw us into his family. How does specifically Christian Alliance for Orphans, CAFO, uh, come alongside churches and those who are its members and support them as they are going through this process or seeking to support those who are in the middle of it all? Yeah, well, we really believe that the local church is the is God's very best, and it's the ideal community to support families that are fostering and adopting. You know, so our, our vision is not just families wrapping around vulnerable children through adoption or foster care. In other ways, it's it's a family wrapping around a child that's wrapped around by an entire church community. Um, just like we were talking about, you know, the, the errands and the support and the encouragement and babysitting, all those things, and just prayer, and uh, the, the church plays a vital role in that. And so what, what we do as the Christians for Orphans is when there's a church that wants to create a adoption and foster care ministry, or what what would might be called also an orphan care ministry, we come alongside to help them um, really execute that vision. And, and of course, each church is going to be very different. And some of the churches we work with, you know, have thousands of members. Some ten thousands, tens of thousands. Others, you know, have you know maybe thirty or fifty members. But but each of them, in their own unique way, can create a community that uh, celebrates God's adoption of us and His welcome into. To his family, and then then reflects that within the culture of the church. It's it's a first, it's a theological thing and rooted in in the gospel. And then from there, it's it's a very practical thing of families supporting other families in tangible ways. And in some cases, it can be you know well organized and coordinated. That especially in larger churches, that that's kind of necessary. But but often it takes a fairly organic feel. If it just it's what the New Testament calls koinonia. It's fellowship. It's it's uh, supporting and serving, encouraging one another. And so we just work with each church kind of like a consultant would, but we, we don't charge just to help them to create their uh, foster care and adoption ministry that's going to fit well with their church DNA. Mm, that's wonderful. What would you encourage uh, the person listening right now to, to do? Uh, we may have a grandfather listening right now who thinks, you know, I don't know what I can really do. What would you encourage that person to take as a next step? Well, you know, I think the first thing I would request any any person in that situation to do is get a post-it note or a little piece of paper and write down, you know, pray for kids and families. And so I would just encourage them to start by prayer. 
But for many who, who for whom that isn't, um, you know, where they're going to be called, I think they're, they're um, you know, talking to a foster or adoptive family and finding out how they can be supported would certainly be one um, venue for living this out. And, and, you know, like I mentioned, there are just, uh, it is invaluable as, as someone who's experienced that gift, it is invaluable to feel families and others coming alongside and helping. Um, for others, they may want to start a foster care adoption ministry at their church. And so we'd certainly welcome them to come to our website. Um, if they have questions to reach out to us through the, the info uh, email address we have on the website and, and we want to serve them in that way. And, and of course, if, if, you know, if you sense that God's lead, leading in other ways, as you pray about this over the days and weeks to come, um, we'd be, we'd be glad to help in other ways, connecting with organizations that are serving globally and doing good work around the world um, or, or other things as well. Well, Jed, thank you so much for your work to serve children who are facing the most difficult of circumstances and for your support of believers to fulfill that call to care for orphans. Remind us again, Jed, how can our audience, our listeners who are believers, how can they respond? How can they learn more? Yeah, I would just invite them to the Christian Alliance for Orphans website, CAFO.org. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of information there because there's, there's a lot of different expressions of God's heart for the, the orphan and, and for the vulnerable child. So, you know, everything from local foster care to international adoption to supporting vulnerable kids and families all over the world. And uh, we'd be glad to, to, to help you connect with people, organizations that can help you carry out uh, what God is putting on your heart. Wonderful. Uh, Well, Jed, thank you so much for sharing with us today on Family Radio. I love the call to pray for the orphan child, to pray for those kids in the foster care system, to really seek after uh, God the Father's heart. The church is a huge force that could be used, and so, so glad to hear about what your ministry is doing at Christian Alliance for Orphans. Well, thank you for the privilege of talking about it, Jenny. I'm so glad to, to get to dig in this together and just thankful to see more and more of God's people reflecting his heart for this, this uh, wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm Jenny Berkheiser, and today on Community Bridge, we've had the privilege to speak with Jed Medifund, president of the Christian Alliance for Orphans based in Virginia. To learn more, you can go to KFO.org. That stands for Christian Alliance for Orphans, KFO.org. This has been Community Bridge, reminding you that whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. If you have any questions about the program you've just heard or want to learn more about Family Radio's commitment to serve you, go to familyradio.org and click the public information link at the bottom of the page or call us toll-free at 1-800-543-1495. Thank you for listening to Family Radio. Hear the word.